I am so sorry for being absent, but COVID-19 really cut, came out of the blue and cut me off and ruined any plans I would have had for 2020 and the rest of my senior year. Um, tried to take time to figure out myself again and figure out where I was going with my life and navigate that. Um, it is so important to take time for yourself, regardless, even if, like even if you're in the middle of a pandemic, it's important to take time for yourself and to be there for yourself. You know, you only have so much energy or so many spoons, as you will. And if people come and take a bit of your energy or a spoon, that's the analogy that I've been taught to use, or your spoon, um, you know, once you're on your last spoon and it's gone, it's gone. There's nothing you can do. You need to take time to recharge and get more spoons. And sometimes that's being by yourself, or sometimes it's being with people who you care about and who care about you. Um, yeah, so there's that. But I'd like to take a moment to talk about what's going on as I'm recording this episode. We're in the midst of the protests um, that came in response of George George Floyd's um, murder, is what it was. It was an apparent murder. And I am just here to say that I am fully in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. As a biracial man myself, I feel... I feel connected to what's going on, and I know the effects police brutality has not only on the victims, but on the family, and, um, you know, it's scary to be an outcast in America, and to feel that the justice system doesn't work for you, that it works for your oppressors, or for people who would seek to harm you for no other reason than that they can, and police brutality is sickening, um, it, it is sickening that some police officers walk around with the sense of entitlement that they have. And it's, it's, it's sickening. It truly is. And it's like they their badge makes them above the common human, makes them better than the common man. And it's like, no, um, your job is to serve and protect. Like, that is the oath that you take as a police officer. And you're, distro- you're distorting that and you're changing that. And... And you, you make the whole system corrupt, and you're, you've corrupted the whole system at that point. Um, you know, I like to think about it that people are like, oh, it's only one bad cop, or it's only a few bad cops. But it's like, there are a few bad cops, you know. But then there are an overwhelming majority of cops who don't say anything to those few bad cops. And then there are a few good cops. And so, silence, silence is violence. If you choose to stand by why something bad is happening... You're just as bad as a perpetrator. You could have stopped that. You could have ended that. And instead, you let it happen. And that's why the system is corrupt. Um, it's not why the system is corrupt, but it's a, it's a, a symptom of a corrupt system. And it just shows how America needs to change. Um, so go out there, donate. Please donate. Sign petitions if you can't donate. Um... You know, go out there. Be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm going to get into this week's episode. And this week's episode is a little different. I'm going to be reading a short story that I had written my junior year of my junior year of high school. It is a, um, it's a short story that is based off of a novel that I've been writing since my freshman year of high school. And... I'm going to put a disclaimer out there because 
um, the short story is about skinwalkers. And supposedly saying the word skinwalker will draw them to you. Um, I don't know about hearing it, but definitely saying it will draw them to you. And so I want to put out that disclaimer, but also, um, this is very, it's a part of the Navajo people culture and their lore. And I, I truly love learning from other cultures and I don't want to disrespect them in writing this story. And so if at any time you feel, um, that I'm being disrespectful, please email me, let me know what I was doing wrong and I will delete the story and I will address it in the next episode or um, the episode that I record after getting your email, I feel some, I film episodes, I record episodes ahead of time. Um, please let me know what I was doing wrong, because I don't want to offend anyone. That's not my purpose, and that's not who I am. And so I just, I hope that this is enjoyable to everyone, um, Navajo people and non-Navajo people alike. Oh, yeah. Um, so without further ado, here we go. The road stretched out before her, long and winding like a silent river. Maddie stifled a yawn, blinking to see the road before her. Her headlights cut a swath through the encroaching darkness. The empty, disposable coffee cups told the story of many sleepless nights. She had just finished her finals, and she was heading home to visit her grandmother. The densely packed woods seemed to move in the windless night. Maddie rolled her window down, letting the dense, hot air sluggishly move into her car. A strange sense of nervousness began to invade the air around her. Memory started to flood into Maddie's mind. Mama, giggled a smiling girl as she ran to her mother's arms. A toddler came running down the hill and towards the small creek that Maddie and her mother were playing in. The woman sat Maddie down and pulled the small child into her arms. What's wrong, my darling Veronica? The woman cooed. A shriek pierced the air. Hold your sister, Maddie, the woman commanded. Stay here until I get back. With that, the woman shoved the small child into Maddie's arms and took off up the hill. That was the mm -hmm. last time Maddie and Veronica had seen their parents alive. Tears pulled in Maddie's eyes as she stared at the empty road. Something large darted out into the road before her, causing Maddie to slam on the brakes and swerve out of the way. A scream tore through her throat as she bounced her head off the steering wheel with a crack. A small stream of blood trickled down her forehead. The car spun to a stop. A low groan escaped her mouth. She cautiously opened the door and looked around for what she had almost hit. Her feet hit the pavement as she stumbled out of the car. The smell of rotting flesh assaulted her nostrils. Maddie stumbled back, slamming into the rear car door. Something thick warm and heavy dripped onto her shoulder. Maddie slowly turned her head upward and came face to face with a snarling beast. The head resembled the contorted face of a coyote, stretched, twisted and stretched into a sickening grin. Maddie slammed the car door and closed her eyes. She knew what was outside. Her grandmother used to tell her horror stories of them when she was little. It was a skinwalker. He slammed his large paw on the window forcing Maddie to scramble into the back seat. Siri, Maddie yelled desperately, call Yana. The monster slammed onto the roof of the car, rocking it back and forth. Maddie squeezed her eyes tighter. Whatever happened, she could not make eye contact with it. The phone started beeping and then hung up. The call wasn't connecting. 
Suddenly, the car came to a stop. Maddie slowly opened her eyes. She picked up the phone and tried to call again. She looked around. She looked around. The monster appeared to be gone. Her eyes slid to the rearview mirror. The beast towered behind the car, its eyes seemingly gate burning a hole into the mirror. She locked eyes with the beast. Immediately, her body grew cold and her limbs numb. Put the phone down. A sharp voice pierced her skull. Her heart pounded in her chest as she, slow as she slowly lowered the phone. She tried in vain to resist as she heard her grandmother's voice. Maddie, is that you? Echo from the phone. She strained and just opened her mouth. Bile rose in her throat as the beast crept towards the car. Tears leaked out of her eyes, leaving trails on her face. Get out of the car, rasped the voice in her head. Tears poured freely down her face as the car door creaked open. One leg shakenly stepped out, followed by the other. Maddie turned to face the beast. She came nose to nose with it. The smell turned her stomach. Up close, she could see every detail of the beast. His fur matted with blood and bits of flesh clung to it. I'm going to enjoy killing you just as much as I enjoyed killing your mother. Searing pain tore through Maddie's abdomen. She glanced down and saw the skinwalker's claw buried deep in her stomach. The pain grew unbearable as the monster yanked his hand out. With a plop, Maddie's innards spilled onto the asphalt. Blood gurgled in her throat, spilling out of her mouth. The monster raised his hands to the sides of Maddie's head and slowly began to tear at her face. With a thud, her lifeless body hit the ground. Veronica was sitting at her grandmother's worn oak table, staring at a book of Navajo lore in front of her when the front door creaked open. Maddie! Veronica yelled, launching herself at her older sister. I've missed you so much. Maddie looked shocked before hugging her back. I've missed you too, Maddie replied stiffly. Have you seen grandmother? Something about that simple question set Veronica on edge, but she answered anyway. Uh, she's in the living room. Veronica pointed towards the room. As her sister left the room, Veronica thought, Huh, that's weird. Maddie never calls Grandma by anything other than her first name. She turned back to her book. A strong gust of wind blew through the house, turning the pages of the book. Veronica glanced down and had flipped to a, had flipped to a page with a diagram of a snarling beast next to an old man. She slipped a bookmark into place and carried the book to her room. They were all gathered around the table when her grandmother began to say grace. Dear Heavenly Father, we are gathered in your name. Veronica shook her head. Although her grandmother was a devout Christian, she still stuck to and taught her granddaughters the traditional Navajo ways. Veronica glanced at her sister. Her eyes were clenched shut, and she was grinding her teeth. The color seemed to drain from her face. Amen, finished grandmother. Amen, echoed Veronica. Immediately, Maddie seemed to look better. The color returned to her face, and she smiled, but it seemed off. So, Yana, how was your trip to the village? asked Veronica. It was fine, V. Why do you ask? said Yana, smiling. Well, there's this party. She was cut off by her grandmother. I don't think that's such a good idea. Especially with her grandmother leaned forward, a grave look on her face. Maddie cut her grandmother off. 
Oh, Granny, she whispered to her grandmother. She's only young once. Let her go and have fun. Veronica looked at her grandmother with with wide puppy eyes. Please? (sighs) Fine, muttered her grandmother. But take this. Yolanda rose from her chair and put it around the kitchen, digging through drawers. She pulled out a rough leather drawstring bag. Here, she said, passing the bag to Veronica. It's a bunch of wood chips from the white ash I cut down at back. You might need protection. It's a full moon, you know. Veronica studied the bag and slipped into her pocket. Thanks, Yana, Veronica exclaimed, pulling her grandmother into a tight embrace. They began to eat. Veronica glanced in the mirror at the mirror in the hallway and froze. In the spot where her sister sat was a monster. It had the face of a coyote that was stretched and contorted into an evil smile. The skin seemed to be stretched, impossibly tight, almost to the point of cracking. The monster turned, and they locked eyes. She scrambled back and screamed. Her eyes snapped back to her grandmother and then her sister, but her sister looked normal. "'Are you okay?' asked her sister. "'Uh, yeah, I just saw a spider,' lied Veronica. "'Uh, I think I'm going to leave now.' She glanced into the mirror and saw that all three afflictions looked normal. She quickly ran up the stairs into her bedroom. Veronica glanced around before stuffing the leather-bound book into her bag. She pulled on her sweater and took off down, off out the front door. Veronica rounded the corner and came upon the sheriff of the village. Well, howdy there, Veronica. What are you on this fine night? He asked. Well, um, I'm going over to Alia's house to hang out. Well, be careful, the sheriff warned. You, Natalusha, I... Love to come out during full moons. Mally stared at him curiously. The ye nap. The the sheriff quickly cut her off and smiled. Ask your grandmother. He tapped his hat and ambled away. Veronica quickly jogged to Alia's house. She knocked lightly on the front door and made her way inside. Hey, Veronica, we're down here, yelled a voice from the basement. Veronica stepped into the house and made her way into the kitchen. She pulled a heavy wooden door open and started down the rickety wooden stairs. Her friends were sprawled across two overstuffed chartreuse couches. She plopped into an ugly yellow shag carpet and smiled. Look what I brought. She dug into her bag and pulled out the book of lore. Oh my gosh, squealed her mousy-looking friend. Alia, I can't believe her grandmother let you leave the house with that. Well, she doesn't exactly know that I have it, replied Veronica. Her friends gathered closer as she opened the book. To others, it might seem weird that a group of high school seniors gathered to read ancient myths and legends. But superstitions and myths had always, were always very important to the, to the village. The book seemed to grow warm in Veronica's hands as she began to read. The skinwalker is an evil medicine man. He, or she, is said to have committed a sin or a crime against humanity. In doing this, they have torn their souls, and they can assume the form of any animal or person they choose, so long as they wear the face of the form they want to portray. If one looks into the eyes of a skinwalker, the beast has control of their soul and can force the person to do their bidding. Veronica looked gleefully at the terrified faces of her friends and continued, If a skinwalker kills a powerful enough person, the demon will become strong enough to wreak havoc on earth, undeterred.
Veronica took a deep breath. What the heck? whispered her friend man. Veronica winked and, res winked and resumed reading. The skinwalker has few weaknesses. Some reported weaknesses are religious artifacts and prayers. But the only known weakness is a stake of white ash. After she finished reading, everyone looked around in fear and slight amazement. Veronica f quietly flipped through the book before settling on a page. Hey, who wants to see if we can step into the spirit world? Her friends looked confused about the sudden change in subject. Uh, what about skinwalkers? asked Matt. Well, honestly, I don't think those exist, and that's all the book had to say on them anyway, Veronica said. And besides, ghosts? <laughs> kind of sexy. The book had instructions on how to step into the spirit world, and honestly, it wasn't that hard to do. They had everything they needed. All right, said Veronica. Matt and Robert, please move the couches. Mm -hmm. The two brothers quickly sat to work. Veronica took the chalk off her to her and drew a circle on the ground. She placed a blue candle on the north of the circle and a white candle facing south. Olia lit the candles. Here goes nothing, muttered Veronica. As she placed a white ashwood chip over the flame of the blue candle, instantly the smoke grew heavy and filled the room with the white mist. Veronica gingerly stepped into the circle. The mist soon drifted off, leaving Veronica standing in an open field. Veronica, whispered a voice coming from the trees. Open your eyes and see. Veronica whirled around and saw that her sister was standing at the edge of the field, next to some trees. She seemed to hover a few feet above the mossy forest floor. All of a sudden, a gust of wind threw Veronica forward. She stumbled to a stop in front of her sister. Her sister's lilting voice filled her head. I'm not who you think I am. Look beyond. The words seemed to echo around her head, despite her sister's mouth not moving. Veronica looked up in disbelief. Her sister grabbed her hand. Take this. It'll help you. Veronica started to say something as her sister pushed her backwards. Veronica hit the floor of the basement. After a hasty goodbye, Veronica made her way towards her grandmother's farm. She absentmindedly looked down at the rosary beads clutched in her hand. Her head, swam with, her head swam with ideas. She began to think out loud. If I had really traveled into the spirit realm, why was my sister there? And where had these rosary beads came from? I, I don't have rosary beads, and I didn't. I especially didn't have them before my trip to the spirit realm. Also, what was that thing I saw in the mirror? An upturned route across the path sent Veronica flying. The books landed into the ground, and the pages fluttered open, to, fluttered to the page about skinwalkers. Veronica looked at the book, something nagging at the back of her mind. What was it her sister had said? I'm not who you think I am. Look beyond. She glanced down at the book, and the words, they can assume the form of any animal or person they choose, seemed to glow against the stark white of the paper. Crap, whispered Veronica as she raced towards her grandmother's house. I need to get home. Veronica threw the door open. Grandmother, her voice echoed around the still house. Veronica cautiously stepped inside. She crept through the house until she heard a groan coming from the kitchen. She made her way to the kitchen and dropped to her knees. Her grandmother lay mutilated on the ground. Her, her torso and legs were almost completely pulled apart. Strange symbols had been dug into Yana. The air around her seemed to radiate with an evil energy. 
blood crept along the floor until it reached Veronica. A sound behind Veronica made her turn. A small whimper escaped her mouth. The monster stood in the doorway, its head brushing the roof. It lunged toward Veronica. She scrambled backward and darted out the back door. The beast followed suit. Tears blurred Veronica's vision as she ran. Without thinking, she rushed into the forest, looking for a place to hide. Loose gravel beneath her feet gave way as she fell. The skinwalker latched onto Veronica's ankle and pulled her towards him. His nails gripped at Veronica's face as she screamed. Hush, child. A voice filled her head. This will only take a few moments. Do not make this more difficult. Veronica tried to close her eyes even tighter. What do you want from us? She yelled. Oh, child, the voice whispered in her head. I needed to kill Yara to gain enough power to infiltrate and control this world. Okay, but why Maddie and why me? She whispered. The harsh voice pricked at her mind. Your bloodline is powerful. I should know. Veronica opened her eyes and saw the face of her mother staring back at her. You killed my mom, Veronica whispered. Oh, sweet baby, you recognize mommy? Veronica's eyes watered. It can't be. The barely audible words floated through the air. Oh, baby, our bloodline is so powerful. To battle and to battle end with you. Veronica's mind mind raced. How was she supposed to get out of this? Suddenly, she had an idea. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. The beast shrunk back. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Veronica said, grabbing the rosary and winding it around her fist. On earth as it is in heaven. With this, Veronica swung her fist forward, connecting with the face of the beast. She felt the skin sizzle beneath her fist. The monster howled in pain. Veronica leapt to her feet and began sprinting. Soon she came to a clearing in the woods. All around her, wait, all around her, the silvery moonlight filtered through the trees, filling the clearing with light. Veronica turned, Veronica turned, surprised. Why did this feeling, clearing, feel so familiar? A cloud moved over the moon, and Veronica realized that this was the clearing from her trip into the spirit realm. Snap. Crunch. Veronica turned to see the monster peering through the trees at her. She fumbled for a bag and pulled out the book. She looked up. The skinwalker was slowly approaching. Veronica opened the book and began scanning the page. How to kill a skinwalker. She glanced up at the and the beast was right there. Ye there walk through the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me, Veronica said. The monster flinched. She glanced down and saw what she was looking for. The skinwalker has few weaknesses, she muttered. Religious artifacts, prayers. But ultimately, they can only be killed by a stake of white ash. Veronica stumbled backward as the beast ran forward. It slammed into her chest, knocking, knocking her to the ground. The metallic scent of blood seemed to surround her. Her mind raced. If only I could reach my pocket, she said, remembering that Yana had given her a bag of white ash. Veronica struggled, and finally she was able to pull out of her pocket. The wood chips spilled onto the ground. The beast slashed at Veronica's face. Blindly, she fumbled for the largest piece of wood she could find. The skinwalker reared its head back, and Veronica violently plunged the shard of wood into the monster's neck. 
A wail of pain escaped the creature's mouth as the wood slid out with a squelch. Warm, sticky blood poured onto Veronica and slid down her throat. She relished the feeling. She pulled her hand back and flung the sharpened wood into the heart of the skinwalker. The wind seemed to pick up around the clearing, whipping around it. The beast slowly shrank until it was the size of a middle-aged woman covered in the skin of a coyote. Then the body turned into dust. The wind shifted and the dust blew away. A surge of energy seemed to pulsate through Veronica as she spit the remaining blood out of her mouth. Veronica, Mommy, Veronica whispered as she rose and started a long journey home. The door to the farmhouse creaked open as Veronica stepped through the threshold. The sheriff stood over the body of Yana. Veronica, he turned to face her. What happened? The story spilled out of Veronica. She told the sheriff everything. Well, almost everything. She refused to say that the skinwalker was her mother. The sheriff whistled as he turned back to Yana's body. Well, let's go ahead and call the coroner.